Welcome to That Fangirl Life, the online platform that champions female fans. I'm your host and founder, Laurel. And on this week's episode, I'm joined by Jamie Bellotti, co-founder of fan engagement platforms, fan to band and fan made. Listen as we discuss how the idea of fan to band came about, why Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus are at the top of the list for listening to what their fans want, as well as why the fangirl to music industry buzz needs to not stop next year. Hello, everybody, and we are back with um, episode eight. We are on now of That Fangirl Life. Um, this week, I am joined by Jamie, who is the founder of fan to band um, Jamie, do you want to introduce yourself, first of all, to the listeners? Of course. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. I'm Jamie, like you said, founder of fan to band And actually, today um, is the first podcast I'm on that I'm able to talk about how I also co-founded FanMade. So you're going to really get the inside scoop today. First of all, before we get into all of that, we want to find out a little bit more about you. And I ask every person that comes on this question, what does the word fangirl mean to you? Yeah, that word means so many things to me. Um, When I hear it, I take it back to 14-year-old me that wanted to get into this industry so bad. And I didn't have a word for what I wanted to do. All I felt was this immense passion. But Not every fangirl wants to be a professional in the music industry, which is so okay. Um, Fangirls are the most passionate, hardworking, and dedicated people that I've come across. And I very much look for it, not only just in my friends, but the people that we hire. And I'm really proud to be surrounded by a lot of amazing fangirls today. Tell us a little bit about your kind of like musical heritage, like who you listened to growing up, um, who were your artists or bands that made you be a fangirl? Oh, absolutely. So I was big into Disney Channel as a kid, you know, anything from Miley Cyrus to the Jonas Brothers. Um, But my diehard two of them, One Direction, I mean, I can't go anywhere without somehow casually bringing up Harry Styles into the conversation. (laughs) Um, It's okay, good problem to have. And then the Jonas Brothers, I know two very polar opposites, but for some reason, when the Jonas Brothers would be seen on Disney Channel, I would freak out. And for me, I didn't get to go to a lot of concerts as a kid for many reasons. So online culture was so important to me. Um, and between One Direction and the Jonas Brothers, my screen time probably should have been illegal, but it's okay. <laughs> it was it made me who I am today. And uh, a lot of my friends say that I never lost that, you know, fangirl in me that we had when we were younger and I'm so glad I never lost it because it makes sense now as to why I did. Was there like a specific moment in time um, for any of them that you were like "Eh, maybe this is a bit more than just like putting their CDs on or watching the shows that they were in? Oh my gosh, I had so many moments. I, I wish I could take you back to just be a fly on the wall of trying me trying to convince my parents to buy me concert tickets. I I studied pre-law in college. And honestly, you could have predicted that back then. I'm like, this is why I need to go. These are the pros. These are the cons. This is how it will benefit me. To this day, um, my parents were like, wow, uh, that makes a lot of sense why you were like that. Um, but one specific moment, I mean, oh my gosh, there are so many. For One Direction, I remember 
being in high school around their last tour and everyone kind of grew out of it by then. Like, yeah, people loved One Direction, but I was a bit older and I still found myself asking everyone, do you want to go to the concert? Do you want to go to the concert? And I had no friends within like my local community, my friends from school who wanted to go. So I literally bought a ticket and paid my friend, paid for my friend to come with me. She probably knew one song. They were like, are you okay? Like, this is clearly more than just you like One Direction, you listen to their music. Um, But for me, the most important thing, once I did start going to concerts was seeing my fellow, you know, concert friends that were in my area that I met online in person. So I would do it all over again. I would pay for anyone to come with me. (laughs) Did you find, like you mentioned, obviously, um, being at high school and people like growing out of it, did you find that you were often uh, judged in regards to being a fangirl by other people around you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was judged, still judged to this day by people who don't understand it. But um, I would say the biggest amount of judgment from being a fangirl for me was probably in like 2019. I'm in college. I'm interning across record labels in New York. And I'm very, very open as much as I am now, just as much back then about why fans are important and why aren't we asking fans their opinions and all these things. Um, And people definitely looked at me like I was crazy, but I'm really happy that today there are safe spaces like fan to fan for fans to feel seen and heard. I've heard so many stories that I wish I had the words to say how much it means to me, but people come up to me like I showed my parents fan to band and I showed them that like fan engagement is a real thing and that I want to study it or or that band should be taken seriously. And I wish I had that account. I do not have a time machine, um, but luckily we could provide it for a lot of people today. But oh, my gosh. Yeah. Judged so harshly. Um, high school, college, you name it. But, you know, comes with the territory. How did you um, deal with that? Because we have a lot of younger listeners. They generally ask, like, how did you deal with that at the time and learn to embody, like, the word fangirl? Yeah. Well, for me, for those of you um, who may not know me, I will tell you a little insight. I very much cover a lot of stuff up with humor. Like, I'd be like, haha, yeah, I get it. Like, One Direction, like, don't don't worry about it Um, or make little comments like that. But Truthfully, um, I would turn to online culture as much as I know we got to recognize the positive and the negative parts of it because there are negative parts of online culture. I would turn to my online friends who in other parts of the world were going through the same thing. And it just seemed like an everyday thing that fans were going through. So honestly, I didn't mind too much. It was definitely hard when you're in school and nobody gets it and people are calling you weird and, you know, whatever that may be. Um, which I very, very much relate to. But at the end of the day, I listened to my favorite band. I knew my opinions meant something. And I always, always relied on my mutuals to make me feel better and tell me what they were going through. Because oftentimes, like I said, it was the same situation. For me, it's been a very long learning process because when I first started secondary school, like here, the internet wasn't really as because what it is now like there was no Facebook there was no Instagram like you had MSN Messenger and that was it so there was no like online communities that I could be part of and the fact that like fans band and like us here at that fangirl life now exist is like the whole reason why I'm like there needs to be more places like this for people to turn to and know that they're not alone in feeling this way and it's not bad to have this 
passionate commitment to an artist yeah. and a like I don't like a book a film series something anything like it because it's so cut off in regards to if it was a sport Oh my gosh, I could talk about this for hours. So I also played soccer in my whole life, but also in college. So I've seen the whole jock side of it. I have a lot of friends, like um, specifically male friends who aren't placed to these stigmas that, you know, they're hysterical and all that stuff, lucky for them. But at the same time, they're doing the same thing. They're watching the games all the time on their phone, no matter where they are. They're jumping in the air and their bodies are exhorting, you know, hysterical, like, I don't know. They, they look like they're having a good time, just like we do at a Harry Styles concert. Um, and also they're just as dedicated to it. They could speak to it so well. But at the end of the day, that's not a bad thing, quote unquote, in society's eyes. Um, but for me, I don't know. I, I've had so many people at this point, call me crazy, say they love it, say they don't understand it, say fan engagement's the next big thing versus fan engagement, what even is that? So I really, really pride myself on defining it the way I want to define it and stick to it no matter who I'm talking to. Of course, it's uncomfortable when you talk to somebody who's like, the stigma against fangirls doesn't exist. We actually had uh, someone on our team, one of our interns, college professors tell her that. and. I was like, put me on the Zoom, please put me in the room. I will very much defend fangirl's honor. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous that the stigmas are in place in these other areas. But in terms of music, especially for the people who want to be professionals in the industry, um, why else would you get into the entertainment industry for any other reason besides being a fan? Like there, there's quite literally no other reason that comes to my mind. Let's talk about fan to band and the history of it when yeah. the first idea of it kind of like spring into your head like we are turning a year old next congrats next so and it was for me it was lockdown I was bored like not bored but I was like I'm missing the connection with people when I go to concerts and like I go by myself and I meet new people and become friends with them and I wanted to get that connection back with people because I knew a lot of people would have been feeling the same. Oh, um, yeah. So what was it? How did the idea come about for you? Uh, well, it's kind of a little bit of a backstory and I'll try to sum it up for you best I can. Um, I always knew I wanted to study the music industry. I was that crazy seven year old who watched Disney Channel and the Jonas Brothers and, you know, One Direction, Justin Bieber, whoever it may be. And I would think about how I could work in the industry one day. I didn't know it was the industry. I was just like, I want to work for my favorite artist one day. Um, so when it came time to go to college, I could not afford the top music schools that I got into transparently. I couldn't afford any of the music schools. I come from a family so far removed from the music industry. Uh, I had to almost educate them on it to let them let me be in it. Uh, so I ended up studying pre-law in New York at a small college called John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Great college for anyone who wants to be in the FBI. Not so much if you want to be in the music industry, um, but I knew being in New York, I could get creative. Um, so I joined a lot of groups like Girls Behind the Rock Show on Facebook, Music Industry Career Networking Group. And I credit it to, of course, you know, I work super hard. I'm the most professional I could be. I love what I'm doing. But I also had so many amazing supervisors who had 
no obligation to help me at all, but did so anyway. And they just all so happened to be fangirls of Jonas Brothers and One Direction. So I very much um, lucked out there. So I was at Atlantic for three semesters, Republic for one and Sony for one. But my first semester at Atlantic Records in January of 2019, I kind of just popped up from my desk and started talking about how we need to ask fans what they're thinking. They would put us in these intern rooms and they would say, you know, what are fans thinking? And they wanted one answer, but there is no one answer. I'm thinking myself, you know, at the time what Ed Sheeran wants versus what Bruno wants versus what Lizzo wants and their audiences are so different. So then they started talking about their audiences and they, I, I heard them defining them by age, gender, and location, but that's like saying every 18 year old in New York who identifies as female listens to the same music and consumes the same content. That just wasn't it. Of course, those are important factors for many things but I didn't think that it it identified a fan base the same I was like I don't like the Jonas Brothers because I'm 18 years old and I'm in New York like maybe mm-hmm. those are two factors but I also like them because I like to sing camp rock I like their hair and x y and z at the time I started to do these focus groups um, during that semester and I would ask fans what they wanted. I would build databases of all my mutuals and I was really having such a great time and the words fan to band just slipped out of my mouth. And my claim to fame was um, I played soccer, like I said, on the bus every morning at 5 a.m. because we played at 7. And I saw that Truth Hurts for Lizzo was blowing up on Stan Twitter because it was put in the movie Someone Great. Um, and I came into work, I was working in radio. I was like, Oh, put a song, put the song on the deluxe version of the album that just dropped. They were pushing juice and they looked at me and they're like, your intern's crazy, Leslie, to my supervisor at the time. And she is so supportive, massive One Direction fan. And, uh, she's like, I don't know, like I would trust Jamie. It is on Stan Twitter and an international marketing department was standing right there. And they heard me say it, whatever. Granted that day I left being crazy. Um, But eight Grammy nominations later, I was very much right. And they actually invited me to stay at Atlantic for two semesters after that. So that's how Fantaband came to be. But it wasn't until the pandemic in June of 2020 that it became anyone but myself. It was just me in the beginning. And then I was like, we need to make social media. I need to get people on this team. And I started to publicly say this fan stuff that really I've only been saying within my jobs which was everywhere and still a big thing and I still got crazy looks um which was fun real good times um they shape you um but in June of 2020 we launched our socials and we launched two different sectors the educational branch which is our virtual street team which I'm more than happy to dive into um they're the Mm -hmm. coolest people in the entire world and then also the artist services sector this whole year has been crazy people now understand fan engagement and they love it and everyone is happy to call themselves a fan strategist or a fangirl or fan marketing, whatever you want to call it. I saw that our virtual street team and the lack of accessibility to the music industry on the education side was so important that it deserved its own company, its own platform, its own brand. So fan to band is strictly the brand and the educational side. And the news that you're hearing today, first time ever that I'm actually telling people about it where I'm allowed to, um, is fan made, which is the artist services side that works with artists, um, brands and influencers to implement this fan specific strategy, just getting to know and respecting an audience to make everything that 
that person or artist does unique to them so that the fans are seen and heard and we make sure that everything is more effective as you go and um you know as I was coming up in the industry, there were only a handful of people who were loud and proud about being a fan. Um, and someone who was, was Olivia Rodensky, longtime Miley Cyrus super fan. She was head of digital, um, did literally everything with her. Um, and also Claudia Villarreal, she was over at Kin. And I made the decision that I know Olivia had this idea for fan made for the longest time. I know that we would be great partners. Um, so I am a co-founder of the artist services section of Fan Made. Um, and Olivia as CEO has just been a great time to see someone who's been so loud and proud about it for so long now get, you know, the recognition, but also it gives people who want our jobs three people to look up to and a name to the job because I never had that. So that is the long story <laughs> of uh, how it came to be and um, what we are today. In kind of like a couple of sentences, can you explain what they both, you kind of explain what FanMade is doing slash working towards doing in the future. What does fan to band do? And like, what is the street team? So like, if people are listening, are like, hold up, like, I want to know, look, a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Like, first of all, the virtual street team is the coolest thing ever. Sentence, point blank. Second of all, it's an educational place for people who want to be industry professionals to learn. We have biweekly workshops, monthly speakers, panel events, focus groups, so many opportunities for you to learn about the industry, put it on your resume, network with like-minded people. And if you want to apply, the link is in Fantaband's Instagram's bio. And I would apply now because we have some crazy things coming up on January 1st that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, which I can't talk about today, but maybe maybe we come back one day and we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Was there any challenges? Like you kind of like briefly mentioned it when first like starting this whole idea. And like you said, like you got some like people being like, this is not like the kind of thing that we want to be doing. What were them? And like, were you like, no, like this is going to like, we need this. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how to stress that enough that, <laughs> That was a massive part. Um, yeah, so many people didn't understand fan engagement and they saw that the companies that were claiming to do fan engagement or the departments within labels, oh, that's fan engagement, but absolutely not. Defining defining what fans want based off of what you think is not the truth. We do it based off of what the fans think, what the fans are saying, mixed in with you know the logistics that we learned from working in the industry. Um, Oh my gosh, so many hurdles. You can still live your dream job as I'm sure you're having a great time with this and still be stressed, but it's that passion that Mm -hmm. fuels you. Oh my gosh, I've had 110 times, um, 110 times I could have stopped, but I didn't. Um, And I'm I'm so glad I didn't. And it's really easy for me to keep going. Eh, Easy is maybe not the best word to use, but I have such an amazing team of people in my back pocket that, you know, push me each day to do my best. I know my wins are their wins and vice versa. Um, But oh yeah, so many people called me crazy. And then I remember one billboard article came out about the fan data goldmine and how fan engagement is the next big thing. And everyone was then excited to talk about fan engagement. But in that article, um, they said that super fans, including tour and merch, me and you know what super fans are. So keep this in mind. 
that they spend 250 US dollars a year. I guess they don't know how much merch is. Or the fact that in the US, obviously, you have dynamic pricing on like Ticketmaster. And even yesterday, I was helping some of my friends try and get um, the Long Island tickets for a show. And when we got on, I was like, yes, like, there's like, it's a grand a ticket. Like, I was like, the most here is like, you will pay. I think that I paid was like 150 pounds for like, it a might be ticket. cheaper for me to fly there and then go to the concert at this yeah. point. So, no, no, I've definitely spent more than 250. I'm like, no, I've like spent two for super fans. And my favorite thing people say is like, the fan perspective that's like saying the human perspective there's so many different fans think so many different things as they should um so when I heard that number I quite literally laughed I laughed I was like no way there's no way that fan engagement is now being talked about and they say that super fans super fans spend 250 dollars fair enough I do kind of want to touch like touch on as well from it is what you've said um, the fangirl to working in the industry pipeline, that phrase has been thrown around quite a lot within, I would say, the last year and a half, I would say. That oh, I've yeah. I've seen it, like, pop up quite a lot. And I don't know, like, because I've heard it so much now, I feel like it's kind of not losing its worth, but it's been almost within some companies being like, this is how we'll hook them in. Yep. No, a hundred percent. People are using the authentic thing that we've been working years to get destigmatized and now like using it to their advantage. Like, oh, it's trendy. It's cool. Like, let's say it. Meanwhile, you ask them who they're a fan of and they can't even tell you. Um, So I definitely, I definitely see that. And then also I think what it's created is you don't know who's been in the industry versus who's just getting started, which Honestly, it is hard to navigate prior to this, um, but there's a lot of people who there's a lot of people who work really hard and they don't have the confidence to speak up about it. And I hope that resources like Fantaban and your great podcast, they can listen to and get that confidence. But I see a lot of people in the industry. I say it all the time to our street team and to our interns. There's a difference between people who want to get into the industry to learn and people who want to just get in to say they got in. Um, And a lot of people are using the fangirl title to do that. Like, oh, I'm in the industry. Meanwhile, they they network and they talk about it, but they don't actually want to learn. And comparison is a killer. Oh, my gosh. I remember looking on LinkedIn and seeing all my fellow interns at the time. You know, it was a small group in New York of people who interviewed and interned at um, every company under the sun. But uh, some great advice that someone gave me once is that you can call up every single one of those companies. And if not one person can speak to to that person's qualities or their success or how great they are, they're not going to get the job. All you need is one person to vouch for you to really get you into where you want to go. Um, so when I see people using the fangirl title to kind of sneak their way into the industry, I have hope um, that the amazing fans who are already in the industry can kind of um, uh, weed them out when they're not being truthful about it. But yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. It's It's been used a lot. Good problem to have, I guess, better than um, years worth of suppressing that we're fangirls. Um, but at the same time, I definitely, I definitely feel like 
a lot of people are trying to claim it now that it's cool rather than they would never in their right minds say it prior. Meanwhile, we're screaming it from the rooftops. <laughs> Who as an artist do you think does the best job in terms of listening to their fans? Well, I'm biased because I see Olivia's career and I see how um, Miley literally took the time to hire a fan, which goes beyond anyone ever did at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But besides Miley, I will say Taylor Swift does a really good job. Obviously, I mean, we can get into that, but just re-releasing things and setting her own terms um Olivia Rodrigo I think does a really good job at listening to her fans she literally you can find tweets of things that fans were suggesting and then now she does it um I mean back to Miley she literally let her fans help her pick her set list for festivals and then all of her songs were trending on Twitter like makes no sense how people see these industry norms and then they follow them. Meanwhile, you have such innovative artists like this clearly benefiting from listening to their fans. Um, But yeah, also weird, not like fangirl-esque, I guess you would say, but Jack Harlow also listens to his fans super well. Do you know what I was going to say before you mentioned his name? Um, I was going to say it's very interesting that all three that you've said are women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is quite telling in a way because I was going to ask I would about agree. who doesn't and as much as it pains me I would say Harry Styles does not listen to his that man that man is literally he doesn't have to post anything on social media but you see and it's not not every artist should post everything on social media I mean that's been a big discussion within our company the past few weeks that Harry Styles fans are pulling the weight and making these viral moments that him actually making these fun interactive moments from the gender reveals to helping somebody come out to their family to um, I, I was at a show where he was like, you three men must be the dads. You're all wearing golf shirts. Like those things. Um, Olivia recently said to us, um, everything ends up on social media. So at the end of the day, those things are strategy, knowing that they're going to get on social media and then, the fans just do the rest of the work because they're so amazing, as we both know. Um, so he might not be directly listening and directly posting from like his account or HQ or whatever it may be, but he definitely sees it. And there's things that you can do. Um, there's things that you can do that isn't directly posting on social media to make the fans feel seen and heard. So I will say he's doing a better job on this tour than the past few years. Um, but in terms of people who don't, I won't give a specific name, but I just see a lot of people who copy trends and then scratch their heads why it doesn't work. But what works for one artist does not work for the other. Um, and there's a difference between what's good in general and what's good for your audience. And I think that the music industry is very confused by that and now is figuring it out. <laughs> when this episode goes up, Taylor Swift's new red will be already re-released oh gosh I'm not ready for it (laughs) so you've already said that like she has listens to her fans a lot what would you say works best from that and what could people take away from it to like implement in their strategy as such I'm like really like digging deep (laughs) okay what works okay so 
I think what works, I don't think it's a specific strategy, but um, leaning into the conversation that your fans set. So like you can tell on her Instagram or her, now she's on TikTok. Um, She's, whether it's like cringy or good or you love it or you hate it, she's following the conversations that her fans set, which is such a big thing people don't do. Most of the time, if fans are talking about something, some artists don't even acknowledge it or join the conversation. Um, Also, I would say that with each era that she's had, you know, with genre breaking and things like that, whether it was good, bad, you loved it or you hate it, whatever it may be, um, she has taken the fans' opinions into account when moving forward, which is something that not a lot of people do. Like you can try everything under the sun, but if you're not actually getting the real-time feedback from your fans and going to see what they're saying and seeing their opinions, I'm not saying do everything that your fans say, but definitely she incorporates their insight into her decisions, at least from an outsider's perspective. I do not work on Taylor Swift's team. Um, From an outsider's perspective, I see that. Um, So yeah, I I definitely think that there's just a lot you can learn from her. And also, I mean, again, back to Miley, because I'm the worst. Um, In terms of listening to your fans, that's exactly what she does as well. So kind of tying them two together, Um, taking the time to understand your fan base and respect them outside of those three typical demographics of age, gender, and location allows you to actually get to know them. And it's such a human level thing that the industry has turned into rocket science for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's, it's not rocket science to us because we understand it, but I have definitely noticed that fandom is not something you can teach just like common sense um you can learn everything else but you can't teach someone about fandom that hasn't been a part of it if they're not willing to learn and even if they're willing to learn it's super hard and it takes a bit like i need 17 years to learn about k-pop and i'm willing to do the work um but yeah so it's it's been a crazy time but i'm happy to see artists um who are listening to their fans I want to kind of touch a little bit now on the kind of bad reputation that fangirls kind of get. So why do you think that they get tainted with the reputation that they do? Yeah, so I will start off with saying I am in fandom. I would be lying to you if I said that it's all positive. That's not true. Anybody who's in fandom, if I said that, would absolutely know that's incorrect. Um, But with that being said, You know, there's good and bad parts to everything in this world. Um, Online culture obviously can be either amazing or very heartbreaking and a dark place to be. Um, But that's with anything. That's not just with, you know, fan culture. Um, My point is there are fans who work in different industries, who do different things, whether they're younger, they're older, you name it, who their passion and excitement can't be contained and it shouldn't be contained. They don't want to work in the music industry. Have at it. Have a great time, you know. Unfortunately, um, you know, those of us who want to work in the music industry kind of have to see both sides of it to then better cater to those people, better help those people. That's just the responsibility we take on. Um, But I think that fangirls, first of all, get that rep because of the massive stigma placed on women. Let's just say the elephant in the room, which 
we can have a 10 hour podcast about maybe we should one day. Um, but in addition to that, not all fans should be professionals, not, and also not all fans should want to be professionals. And I think that the general outlook of fans specifically girls, um, people just generalize it. Don't take time to actually see all the hard work and dedication that they put into things. And if fangirls stop doing everything they're doing right now, the music industry would be gone. Yeah. Be gone. Absolutely gone. So they're in the driver's seat. How have you seen it kind of like change, especially within like, I've noticed within like since the pandemic, basically, and being, I think TikTok plays a huge part in it the way that this kind of viewpoint has shifted and how do do you hope that like fans fan and fan made will kind of change this connotation that gets latched onto the word fangirl? Absolutely. So in terms of the connotation being changed within the industry, um, I will tell you my opinion that the only reason why the music industry survived the pandemic was because on one random Thursday, when we all had to go online, every single supervisor, coordinator, and executive who had already been in fandom and had understood online culture used that advantage to then navigate everyone being online. It, it was more so like online friends had such such a stigma to it, and now everyone was online friends. So you couldn't really... You couldn't really make fun of anyone for that. I remember people making fun of me back in the day, not even for being a fangirl, but like you talk to people online and you call them your friend, like you never even met them. And then that was our entire year and a half. I mean, in our entire lives, everyone in this world had that placed on them. So the people who've been through it before, who work in the music industry was another day, another day in the life, you know, they, they had been a part of it. So I think that is a massive, massive attribute to why it was shifted. And then also, we're all sitting at home with our thoughts. We're all thinking. Fangirls, fans in general, smart, smart people. And um, I think we realized that exactly what I just said, this pandemic wouldn't have survived without us. And we've had enough of settling for campaigns and strategies and artists who don't take them seriously or the industry as a whole. And a few of us just started talking about it. And then a few of us became a lot. And then everyone overnight was proud to say they were a fangirl. And I had a lot of emotions when that started coming because I really, really do really, really absolutely believe that Fantaban had a lot with igniting that conversation back. Um, but of course, we did not invent fangirl. That is not what we did. We're just here saying it's the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, all of those reasons I absolutely think is why the conversation is changing and it's going to allow the industry to better cater to the fans at the end of the day, because that's what this is all about. And I hope that even when fan engagement is not a buzzword, so 2021, we said it was the year of the fan. Our motto for 2022 is it's more than a buzzword. Even when people aren't talking about it, fan to band and fan made are still going to be here helping fans learn making them feel seen and heard and implementing everything we know and getting to know the audiences into every artist strategy we work with. What do you personally think the best and worst parts of being within a fandom are? My favorite part about fandom in general, I have different answers if we're talking about Fantabam, but my favorite part about fandom in general is the relationships I've been able to make and the people that I've been able to 
see myself in that community. It, it was really hard for me growing up not having that and um, not having people who were proud to say they were a fangirl, which made me feel lonely. So the online culture really meant the absolute most to me. I cannot stress that enough, especially because I couldn't afford concerts in a lot of my early years. Um, so the best part is the community. And I know that goes both ways. Um, I would say the worst part is probably the comparison of it all, just similar to the music industry that like, a lot of fans compare themselves to each other. Who's better? Who got this? Who shouldn't be saying this? Who should be saying that? Um, and I find that when, in, when an artist is off cycle, that happens a lot, like when they're not releasing music or they're not on tour. But that is actually something that I hope fan to band can help with because I do not think that an artist needs to be on tour or releasing music. I mean, One Direction has been disbanded for how many years? And we're still talking about them today. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to keep a fan base engaged and make sure that it's a safe environment rather than a toxic one that comes with all of that comparison and judgment. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like fandom is under a microscope for the judgment and the comparison, but it really happens everywhere else in this industry, in this world. And no matter where you are, I have people who are my friends who are nurses and they have the same problems that we do. Best part is the community within the hospital. Worst part is comparison. Like it's more so a general overview. Um, but also I love seeing, let me loop it back with a positive. Um, I love seeing when it's a win for an artist or it's a win for a fan that everyone comes together. I, I really swear to you, fan to band is like a cult following. And in the, in the best way, we will literally like go to war for each other. I'll call anyone. I'll scream from the rooftop. I'll say what I need to say to make sure that these people have the opportunity because a big thing to fan to band success is that yeah, they reshare Instagram, you know, they, they tell their friends about it, but they go into these interviews or they go into these concerts and they say the words fan to band out of their mouth. And that means the absolute most to me. And that's why we're successful. So I looped it back with a positive. <laughs> <laughs> what has been your biggest fangirl moment personally um, for you? Oh my gosh. This is going to be such, uh, I don't know if I should say this one. <laughs> Um, it's not really with an artist. Um, can I can I give like a nerdy one, so yeah. to speak? Yeah. Okay. Do you know the Zach Sang show? Yes. Okay. So when I was in when I was in college and I was very much mad my freshman year that I could not study the music industry, I would use the word angry. I would go as far to say the word I was angry. Um, I wanted to learn about the music industry and I found that Zach Sang would ask questions um that wasn't just who are you dating x y and z um and recently fast forward now um knowing he knows what fan made is and i was like wow i studied the music industry from his interviews um and that's so cool such a fangirl moment i was like no way like he knows about fans band and fan made like we're, we're going to talk about it like x y and z um so it might not have been like Harry Styles knows what we're doing. Um, but at the same time, I was like, wow, 15-year-old me would have lost my shit. You know, like 15-year-old yeah. me would have freaked out. 23-year-old me is like, thank God I kept with it. Thank God I kept learning. And it makes no sense. 
how I got into this music industry. I went to a school for criminal justice. My parents work in the medical field and a city worker. I had no ties to the music industry, yet I somehow interned across every major, started my own company. I worked at Warner. I've spoke across many panels. It's seriously because passion, hard work, and all those people who had zero obligation to help me whatsoever, but they saw the same passion from them being fangirls and they paid it forward. I, I swear to you, there's something for someone to learn from you, whether you, you've never had an internship, you're an intern, you're a coordinator, you're an executive, there's always something that you can pay forward. And um, I, I definitely, I definitely had a great fangirl moment when I found out that 15 year old me would have been so proud of me watching those interviews. So yeah, that was my moment. What do you hope the future of fangirls hold? First of all, we're going to go with fangirls first of all. I hope that there are more fangirls in this industry for other fangirls, generations, you know, after to look up to because going, I know I said this before, but I never had people to point to. Mm -hmm. And there's still only a handful of like 15 of us who are loud and proud about it that kind of have that platform, which we all hype each other up on. And it's, it's a great community. Um, but I hope that more people feel empowered. Not every fangirl wants to work in the music industry. Doesn't mean that that passion doesn't drive you. Um, I know people who study, you know, pre-law, like medical, they, they want to be a million other things, but even if you don't want to work in the industry, having the confidence to say you're a fangirl without feeling gross about it and like you're going to be judged and why did I just say that? They're going to look at me differently. I want people to be able to walk in a room, say they're a fangirl and, and know that that's okay and that's something that they should be proud of. And I know that's so simple, but at the end of the day, it's something we haven't had for the longest time. And, and I know what it's like to feel the opposite, to be in a room and be like, oh, they're looking at me differently because I'm a fangirl. Why did I open my mouth? Why did I give my opinion? Why did I tell them I like Harry Styles? Like, I, I know what yeah. that feels like. Uh, so I, I hope that that slowly fades away entirely. I, I recently um, had been speaking um, about this to a group of people and I saw like a group of guys uh, who were like I don't know frat guys I don't know Greek life here in the U.S. Um, and you can tell they were like I should bring up Harry Styles and I was like there's a lot to learn from Harry Styles here's how this campaign transferred over to how Jack Harlow did this and then Roddy Rich did a similar thing and then like I'm comparing all the other people that I've worked on across the labels and they were like damn they were like, what? But that's who I choose to speak about. It's, and that's my opinion to make. That's who I like, no matter. And no one should feel ashamed about that. I, um, but yeah, that that's your opinion to make. If you love it, then you talk about it. Like, who is anyone else to judge you? I mean, yeah. it happens. But like, at the end of the day, I I had so much of that in this pandemic in the beginning, prior to everyone, you know, jumping on this fangirl bad wagon. Um, I had so much of it. I literally, my capacity for caring about anyone who says that to me, I don't have one anymore. I really could care less if someone judges yeah. me. Great. Have a good time. Like, screw the people who who don't get it. So what? There's always going to be people who don't get it. But for every one of those, there's going to be 10 people who do. And I think that with Fantaband, 
we found our people. We found the people who got it and who understood it. And it was filled of people who were getting in the industry versus people who've been in the industry and have like felt these stigmas on a Monday to Friday basis, what you enjoy and you shouldn't be ashamed for anything you enjoy. And it's, it's crazy to me that people just feel so entitled to place their judgment. Like we should care what they think. I mean, of course, that's an easy thing to say. I'm a human being and I do care what people think sometimes. I'm not a robot. Um, but, But at the end of the day, I value the opinions of people who value what I care about more rather than people who I know might not get it. I mean, there's people who have said crazy things to me in the past and I know and, and I hear it I'm like yeah okay they're saying fan engagement isn't a real thing or isn't important but I know they have not a clue what goes into it in terms of what you're doing I really commend you for it because first of all I listen second of all we found you from our street team a while ago like a while while ago because they were all sharing resources with each other mm-hmm. to be like how can I learn who's talking about this and I'm I'm really, it's amazing you guys are coming up on one year and you should be proud of that. And I hope that you guys also continue when it's more than a buzzword, just like you guys as well. Oh, a hundred percent. As cliche as you can get, um, you know, why would you spend your time doing anything you don't want to do? And for me, I asked myself that question and I had answers to pay my bills, to pay my gas money in my car. And that's great. Do that until you can afford to not do it. Do whatever you have to do to get to where you want to go, but make sure you have that goal of where you want to go. And it's okay if it changes. But for me, I've seen a lot of people get stuck in this industry because they didn't have that goal and they didn't have amazing people around them. So I know how lucky I am. What do you hope for the future with a fan to band and now obviously fan made? Yeah, I hope that fan to band and it will grow to be one of the biggest educational platforms for people who want to get into the music industry. I want people who are passionate to join, people who want to reignite their passion, people who want to learn. I know what it's like to scour the internet and try to find resources when there's so much lack of accessibility to get into the music industry. I also hope for our educational platform to get so big that our socials become a brand within itself, which it is in its own capacity, but kind of the Harper Bazaar of fan engagement, keeping people up to date with who's doing cool things, what's the next thing, um, all that great stuff. And then for FanMade, I really hope that we get to help a lot of fans through the work we do that we will and already have. I mean, our first client um, is Miley Cyrus. It's been a great time. We also work with people such as Haley Bieber. Um, We booked the guest um, surprise guest for EDC for artists that made sense for both Diplo and DJ Snake, which were Lil Nas X and the Kid Leroy. Um, And something that we are placed upon as fans with the people who've come like ourselves from fan background, we're we're able to do a lot because we understand it because we are the consumers. Like social media is easy for us because we know about it, but by no means are we a social media agency. We're a marketing agency at the end of the day that provides overall strategy also with execution steps on how to make everything more effective as you go. But at the end of the day, our goal is to make sure that fans are seen and heard through everything our clients are doing and that we collect real-time feedback to make sure that 
It's not a one-time thing of making them feel seen and heard. We're constantly learning. We're constantly researching, talking to fans, hearing their ideas, getting to know them. And uh, yeah, I really think we're creating an empire and I'm excited to see where it goes. What has being a fangirl taught you, first of all? Oh my gosh, that's such a loaded question. So much. Um, Being a fangirl has taught me that it's okay to be passionate about something and not apologize for it. I see a lot of people apologizing for their passions or that they're too excited or, you know, they overcomplicate why they're passionate. Being a fangirl has taught me that it's okay to be passionate and be unapologetically passionate. And, you know, anyone who doesn't get it, that's on them. What has being a fangirl brought to your life? Everything. Oh my gosh. I, everything. I, you know, I don't know if you ever felt this before, but I didn't really understand my storyline in the beginning. I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to John Jay, can't afford my school. I still like One Direction at 21 years old. I'm like, I'm, I'm 18. I like all these different ages. I felt these different things from 14 to today, going to be 24 years old next year. Um, and I didn't understand it. And I never meant, I, I swear to you, I did not grow up being like, I'm going to be the advocate for fangirls one day. Like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like, that was not something that I knew I had in me. It just kind of clicked and made sense when it did. And my identity as a fangirl is everything to me. I've always led with it, but I never knew what that meant until Fantaband came about. And I am happy to pour my heart and soul into it because I really do think, um, Claudia on our team said it best, like when you're talking to a fan who wants to get into the industry and they say, what do you, how can I get into this industry? There was always like, you can network, you can meet with people, go on LinkedIn. We provided an answer, fan to band. And I said it before, I don't have a time machine, but 14 year old me, any age year old me would have literally killed for fan to band. I can still physically feel what it, what it was like to want to get into this industry so bad and I didn't have the means and I didn't have the connections and I got in like I said because of amazing people um but it could have been a lot easier and I'm I'm really grateful that Fantaban has allowed me to teach everything I've learned but also bring in other people because I don't know everything um and everybody else can provide so it's given me everything and I know that's like, Jamie, what are you talking about? But trust me, it's giving me everything. Really kind of like the last thing that we need to do. If someone listening wants to go find fan to band online, where can they go find you? Yes, they can go ahead and follow us on Instagram, which is fan to band with two D's at the end because we have to get the other one soon. Um, and um, I can go ahead, um, if you go ahead and DM us, like we'll make sure to answer you if you have any questions. And if you're interested in the virtual street team, the link to sign up is in our bio. Okay, well, thank you very much for taking your Thank you for having me. Afternoon. I feel like a celebrity. I listen to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Um, Once again, a big thank you to Jamie for joining me on this week's episode. And thank you for listening in. As always, links are in the description. But if you are wanting some more fangirl content till next week's episode, check out our website, thatfangirllife.com. And join me next week when I'll be bringing you a very, very special episode from Love on Tour. (laughs) 